Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your NBA Finals Celtics Warriors Game 1 betting preview. Glad to have you along with us. If you like the show, please hit us up on YouTube. Go to the Action Network YouTube page. You can find a video version of the show as well. Give us those five-star reviews. It'd be so nice of you. We've had we've gained such a following. Like we have drugged this podcast to where we have built a following. And those of you that hit us on Twitter, it means so much to us to know you guys are listening. So please, if even if you don't give us a five-star review, even if you don't hit the like button on YouTube, even if you don't download the Action Network app, which you absolutely need to do, this is the best way for you to track your bets and follow my co-host for today's episode's picks. The best way for you to let us know is just tell us. Just hit us up and be like, hey, listen to the show. Loved it. Tells you, Brandon's a genius. It's awesome. Matt, you're terrible. Just do it. Means so much to us. Join me today, Brandon Anderson, Joe Delera, NBA analysts. We're going to talk about game one between the Celtics and Warriors. If you have not yet, listen to our series preview. We gave our best bets for the series. Uh, we are all, spoiler alert, on the Celtics for that series. But a big part of Joe and Brandon's is tied to game one because they are going to limit all of their money down to the outcome of one finals game as they have taken the Warriors to win game one and the Celtics to win the series at plus 400. That's their best bet for the NBA finals. Uh, let's go ahead and start here. Brandon, you, I know that you like the Warriors to win the game. What about the cover? The Warriors are minus three and a half on this game. Uh, that is, I think, a pretty sharp line, all things considered. I've got this. Uh, around 3.2 so it's right within the margin of liking boston a little bit uh currently in the action network app 83 percent of the tickets are on golden state 87 percent of the money are on golden state in the early betting totals 211 and a half hasn't moved no movement there no movement on the on the spread or the total that i think is a good indicator of how sharp this line is uh what are your best bets from a spread or total perspective for game one warrior celtics I'm keeping it easy. I'm going to take the Warriors to win and cover the three and a half. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm probably playing multiple units on Warriors win and cover in game one. This is one of my favorite cover bets from the playoffs so far. Which we'll you never do because you have to pay a hundred. You have to pay the, the dime on it, which. Well, but I'm, I'm not playing the money line. I What I never do is play the favorite on the money line. That That's the one thing that I almost always stay away from. But I like the cover here. I, I don't I don't have a great angle on the total yet. I think I might just kind of see where game one plays out and adjust from there. All right, we'll come back to you about why you like Warriors minus three and a half. Uh, Joe Delaire, what's your best bet? I'm obviously also tied to the Warriors here. I think they cover that minus three and a half. Um, I like the rest advantage here, and uh, I'm not going to lay the extra money on the money line. So I'll take the three and a half, lay those points with the home favorite here. I had a bet 
on three and a half last night that I cashed out. Uh, I am staying away from the side on this game. I will play props and I will play total. I'm not going to play side. I'm just a, a little concerned here about the matchup. If we like Boston so much, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around why, if I like Boston and I think Boston takes one of the first two in golden state, why I would be betting against that specifically in a game one environment. So Brandon, why do you like this spot so much for the Warriors? Talk me into it. Okay, so it's two things. So let's start with the first one. Joe mentioned the rest disadvantage, not just rest disadvantage, although it's, you know, they do still get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off with a travel day before, you know, before they get to Thursday in Golden State. Still is a disadvantage, but uh, Boston is coming off back-to-back, grueling, physical, seven-game series. And our guy Raheem Palmer did the work on it. Teams after game seven in the following game one. Obviously, that means they won game seven. But since 1988, they are 32 and 51 straight up in the following game one. So only 38.5% getting the win. Uh, I think that it's only four and eight uh, when those are both road wins, when they're one on the road in game one and then hit the road again. So that's 33%, slightly worse. It's not necessarily a death knell for the series. Teams that won game seven, are 43% in the series, 36 and 47. So they're more likely historically to win the series than they are to win game one. Since 1988, so same stretch, in the NBA Finals, teams uh, who won game seven to get into the finals are two and five straight up in game one. Only 29%, but they are four and three winning the series. So there is a lot of historical precedent here for a team just getting there not getting game one, but still coming back to take the series. That was part of what I liked on the series bet. So you've got the game seven rest disadvantage. That's one thing. The other thing is a bet that we had last round for the Warriors. And to be fair, the Mavs were coming off game seven as well. We talked about that since the Warriors became the Warriors. So 2015 playoffs forward, this version of the team, Golden State is now 21 and two straight up in game ones during that span. They've only ever lost two game ones this whole long run. And as a home favorite by single digits, they are nine and two against the spread, covering by seven and a half points a game during that span. So what we know about the Warriors is that they are the most unique offense in the league, and it takes time to get used to it and to figure out your plan. And as the series goes along, Golden State gets more vulnerable to a very good defense who can key in on them. That is part of why I'm very worried about them in the series. But game one against a tired team, not just physically, mentally, all the switches, all the communicating, all of that, I think, plays its its toll on Boston in the second half. That's why I really like Golden State. It's a schedule spot here. And all the cutting and all the movement, all that stuff, it just takes some time for Boston to get used to, even as ready as they will be. I'm going to push back a little bit on your logic here. I don't mind the bet. I'm just going to push back a little bit on the logic. Um, So playing seven games and then seven games again was exhausting. And they're beat up and they're tired and they play these physical series. And so that's going to impact them in game one. And then it's just going to stop impacting them? No, certainly not. It's going to impact them by far the most in game one. When When the game tips off for game two, it will have been a full seven days since game seven happened. And it doesn't just all go away, but 
there's one game in between all of that. And with the, the gaps in between games, the effect of the attrition that Boston had, I think is going to slowly get less as the finals goes on because the games are a little spread out. So you think two days in between these games is less is more impactful than the three to four days that they get between game seven and game one. I think that as the series goes on, the game seven effect slowly wears down because that is historically what the numbers have told us happens. Okay, let's go there. Historically, teams that lose game one have not won the series. Historically, teams that go down to one have not won the series. Historically, teams on the road have not won game seven. And you didn't care about any of those things in the prior round. That's not true. I didn't care about those things once it was game seven. And the the, the trend that you're talking about is, if a team is up 1-0, now, right now, after game one, that trend matters because I'm up a game. It's not just that that, ser- that matters. It doesn't matter after game five and game six. It matters right now when I'm up a game. Same as after game three. If I'm up 2-1, I am up a game. That is the best advantage I can have is not having to win a game. No matter what, that is always the best thing you can do. When it gets to game seven, I didn't care about those trends because now the up a game is gone. You lost your advantage. It didn't matter that you led or trailed at some point. It's gone now. Those trends do matter. I I don't love that Boston would be down a game here. Look, if this was, if the finals were a week from now and, or two weeks from now, full, full rest, full health, and Boston is the home team instead of Golden State, I would say like Celtics in five on the series is what I would say for the, for the series pick. The fact that I have this stretching out is because of Golden State's advantage in game one, possible advantage in game seven if it gets there. That's what makes it closer. But for game one itself, I just think that it is, it is not just the schedule thing, but also do, do you agree? Do you have credit to the Warriors game one historical thing? What about that side of, of how tough they yeah. are early in the series yeah. versus later? No, that's a good, that's a great point. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you. For me, I'm with for you me on it's more of that. There, there's a it's, shock to the system that of guarding. Yes, it's, of, of guarding them in that place. Joe, I want to go to you. Um, I, I'm sure that most of Brandon's points are your own. Is there anything in there that you think additionally it lean, makes you lean toward Golden State in the spot? I saw the stat and the Warriors as a team have played over 140 finals games. The Boston Celtics as a roster have played zero. So I don't, I'm not like a super, I'm not like super big on the whole, like experience always matters. But I think that in game one, when you have these trends, like and you add, this as just another thing onto it. There's going to be some nerves. And if the Celtics come out flat right away, I can see golden state just running away with it. Like just like putting out, a, bring out a hammer in, especially in like the first quarter, because they're comfortable they're They've been there. They're like, we're back. Um, like they have that moxie, like they've been there and they've had, a, they've had days to like, I think the rest matters, not so much in terms of physicality and like recovering your body, but also taking a little bit of a mental break. Like the Celtics have not had the opportunity to do that really since they swept the nets, they played seven, seven. And then the last year is really every other day you were playing a game. Whereas with the warriors, now they have this little bit of an extended break they've got a chance to really look, they got a chance to watch how the Celtics just played Miami 
you know, and they have this experience. They know what it's like to go through media days. They know what it's like to go through the finals. They know what it's like to do this travel and they're doing it at home. So I think that they're going to be more comfortable in game one. So I think I might look to bet them even in the first quarter, probably around minus one, just to see if them, they can get off to like a really hot start against Boston who might be like a little flat uh, after, you know, the, what's really been emotional for all of them. I think I'm going to play first half Warriors um, based off of that. I think I like that line, maybe the best. Uh, you should be able to get a pretty good number on that. It allows the possibility of, of like Boston comes out and they hit their first like six threes or, yeah. you know, they hit three of their first like eight threes, right. Or whatever. And like, they're just chucking it up. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, you know, you know, you can hear Mike brain like again, you know, all those type of things. And then second quarter, we talked about how we think there's a bench advantage for golden state. They get them back into it. And then the death lineup closes and the warriors aren't prepared for that or the Celtics aren't prepared for that. And the warriors yeah. take a lead into halftime. I think I'm going to play first half. Yeah, it's minus uh, one still, and a half. Uh, do what? Minus one and a half. Yeah, I I'll take that. I, I'm still, I'm still just nervous about the idea of being like, we think this team's gonna win, but not here. This is the one that they don't win. Uh, but as an extension, Brandon, I'll ask you this: How much are you gonna be on Boston in Game Two? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's say I, that you're I, right. Let's say you're right, and and Warriors win this game by ten. Yeah. I think I will like Boston a lot in game two because the things that we know in that scenario is two things. And this actually is part of my cap on the series. Not only do we know how great Boston is coming off a loss. Like we just saw that in game seven, we've seen they're six and zero in the playoffs now coming off a loss. And until game seven closed late, they've won very comfortably in all of those games. So we know how focused they come out after a loss. I don't have the number for it here, but don't we also see the opposite of that with the Warriors? Like the Warriors coming out and doing the thing Joe just said, making all their shots and suddenly they're, they're, they're way up at halftime and they're like, oh man, this is great. We're back in the finals. We won by 15 and we got this. And the Warriors kind of do the, we got this thing. And then I think they come out flat in game two. Like, oh, we got this. We'll just, we'll just be the Warriors when we need to. We'll hit all of our shots when we need to. Oh no. This is a much different defense than what we have been facing now that they have kind of adjusted and locked in a little bit. And I think the combination then could be very dangerous for them. And I, the, the numbers I said about the Warriors for game one, they're almost as strong in game twos in the series, but the advantage gets a lot less later in like in conference finals and finals. And they had some finals, I think, where they won game one and then lost the second one at home. So I would like that spot a lot. And that's why... I think Boston would have a very good chance of getting the second game and then going home with a chance to win one or both and really take a, a great spot in the series. Uh, Golden State is 11 and eight at 58% against the spread after a win in game one when they were at home in game two. So they have not necessarily struggled in that spot, but this is obviously, I think the matchup probably dictates that you, and I think on some yeah. level, if your prior is the Warriors are going to win game one, the Celtics are going to win the series. I will say, like, keep, I will ask this: uh, Do you see the Celtics winning in six if they lose games one and two? I mean, I think that's a, that's a tough ask because you just have to win all four games, four, four straight versus Golden State. So which is, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's why for me, that's why I'm not doing the Celtics minus one and a half a series bet. That was your best bet, Matt, because 
I think that the Celtics could still win the series down 0-2. I mean, they're not in great shape, of course. But I think they could. They could still win those four. Or I think that they could go to Golden State and win game seven. Like, I want the more outs. So I know that that sounds weird because I'm limiting myself by taking the game one thing. But part, part of what I said on the series preview, of all the games in the series, the one series that I feel most confident in who wins a game is game one for Golden State. So I don't feel like I'm really tying my series position to this one specific outcome. I mean, I am. So I guess I should feel that way. I am tying it to a specific outcome. I'm literally doing that. I don't feel bound by that because I'm binding it by the thing I'm most confident in the series. And then second most confident is Celtics still winning it. Will you bet bet the the Celtics series price if Warriors win game one? Very likely, yes. I will. I will probably bet Celtics series or Celtics minus one and a half, depending on what the numbers are for those. Because that I will want the number. Then that's why I'm not betting just a Celtics series price right now, because I expect the number to be better. Okay. I think the thing is too with the ser- with the game one series bet at plus four hundred at MGM, the Celtics are like plus one thirty to win the series right now. If they lose game one, we're still not getting to plus four hundred. If they lose game two, we still might not get to plus 400. And then at that point, it's like, because they're going back home to Boston and you're going to say, the only way that I'm going to get a better number than this is if they go down 0-3. And then at that point, like you're, you're going to, you're going to lose anyway. So like, I don't think that, I mean, I mean, Golden State can blow a 3-0 lead, I guess, but like, you know, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I struggle to see getting better value when I feel very comfortable with Golden State in game one. This series, unlike others, will present you with more opportunities to do the game X and win series. You'll be able to get that probably through games four in this series. So yeah. you're going to have like a lot of, especially Brandon, if you want that, you can do wait till after game one, assume the Warriors win, take Celtics win game two, and, and series, series on the road and you yeah. get a pretty hefty number. I haven't thought of that. That's, yeah. that's a good point. And I think too, I, I want to correct a thing. This wasn't on this podcast. We said on the previous one, you guys going to push me on, but what if Boston wins game one and Matt, this is kind of your thing. What, like why Joe and Brandon, how can you bet the, the Warriors game one? If you like Boston so much in the series, shouldn't you just be taking a Boston line? So we kind of talked through it. I think we agreed if Boston win game one, there's something like a minus 140 after game one for the series. And, and so that feels like the value is gone. I, it just dawned on me. That's not at all how I feel about it. If Boston is wins game one and is minus 140, I will pay the minus 140 and bet a lot on Boston. Okay. Because in that scenario, I have Boston as nearly a 75% chance to win the series. Sure. And that, sh- that would be a minus 300. And they won't be anywhere near that. So I will not, that's why I don't mind doing the four to one now because it lets me know I could, I get to bet again later. Like I I can still play later since I get the high payout if it's there. And if Boston wins game one, I think Golden State is in big, big trouble. I will go the other way, by the way. If Boston wins game one, I'm absolutely betting Warriors. So interesting. Game two, game two, that makes sense. I'll do, I'll do the game two in the series. Uh, at that point, it'll be too good. Game two in the series, both Warriors. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll, I'll, it'll be too good of a price for me. I don't. Yeah, I see. Golden that. State's not going to get shook. Like they're just not. Like the, the, this is where the experience gap matters. Is like, and this is honestly one of the things with the Celtics. I'll say too. 
they may get shook by the bright lights and they're going to play that finals promo before the game. And honestly, it gives you chills. Like having been in the building, it gives you chills when they play the finals promo with bird and, and, and Russell and all those guys, like it's, it gets you like, it feels different. Like the Celtics are not prepared for what it feels like. It is different, but in their credit, they went down one Oh, they went down two one, like going down two one and coming back is massive. Like, they, they've had all these opportunities to be shook and they, because they worked their way out of it, they've proven themselves. Like we don't have to, you know, there's no reason to get, to get shook about it, but I don't think golden state gets shook either uh, on the total. Uh, I'll tell you, I lean towards the over. I know that these are two great defensive teams, but I feel like Boston's plan is going to be very much, I think, and I think game seven is actually kind of indicative of this. When Boston was trying to really set the tone, they were running. When golden state wants to set the tone, they are running. And I think that the pace actually could be pretty high for this game. Mm-hmm. At 210, 211, I think there's real value on the over. I like these two defenses, but I think in terms of the efficiency, there's going to be enough three-pointers. When they do score, it's going to be high-efficiency situation threes and ones, layups, things like that. I think we're going to see turnovers, 24 shot clock violations, more than we're going to see just like missed two-pointers. So from that perspective, I actually uh, I like the over here to a certain degree. I'll probably go light on it, but I do like the over as a combined play for game one. Joe, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I get what you're saying. I, I struggle with the total here just because the defenses are so good. good. Yeah. Um, but I might look to play maybe a team total. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll look at the, war, at the Warriors team total because I think this is a little low. So team total is 105. That doesn't feel crazy in this spot. Um even though Boston's defense is excellent, just because I think they're going to be able to find some pressure points, some weak spots that Boston's just not ready for after playing whatever Miami's offense is. Yeah, so, I think on the total, the, the one, I think the question you need to ask if you want to play the total is how much do you buy the games, the coming off a of game seven thing? If you buy it, I think that that probably plays out in the second half and that maybe Boston. Maybe, maybe Boston, the things get away a little bit. So if you buy the game seven, a thing, then I think Matt, you play your over first half only because you don't want to mess around with the second half and Boston just suddenly can't score anymore. That's a good point. Yeah. I like that. But if, but if you don't, then I think you just go for the whole thing. I like that. I actually yeah, like that. Thanks. I'm going I'm to play that. You've, you've talked thank you, Brandon. That, that helps quite a bit. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, just choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball or rebounds or stocks, whatever it is that you're into. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. I have some real squares in my life that I'm looking forward 
taking some money off of. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash buckets. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash buckets and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Let's do props because you guys are are absolute prop destroyers of worlds. Uh, Joe, you have some props for me for game one. Yeah, so the first bet that I'm looking at is it's there's a little bit of juice here, but on FanDuel, I like Clay Thompson under 27 and a half points, rebounds and assists. I think the line's just a little high uh, in the postseason. He's only gone over this in six of 16 games. And considering Boston's defense is, is good. And like the one thing that they're that I think they can do is really defend the perimeter pretty well. So I think that this is not this isn't really a spot that I like play to go over this line. Uh, it's a little bit higher on FanDuel, which I think is interesting because uh, his, his line is 27 and a half on FanDuel. It's 26 and a half on DraftKings. And I, I feel like this, it's trend. It's going to trend. Uh, like people are going to want to bet this over, but when you really look at what clay does, you know, he can put together some ancillary stats with the rebounds and the assists. But if he does, you're kind of getting a little bit extra, in my opinion, with you know in terms of his points because if he's not scoring then i don't think you're you're hitting this line anyway and i think that if you look at the last series against dallas these numbers are a little bit inflated in terms of especially in terms of his rebounds because dallas played so small so i think against boston he's going to struggle to get these rebounds and he's going to struggle to set up some other guys so i like the under 27 and a half uh points rebounds and assist spot brandon what do you got? Start with just an easy one. I got Al Horford over two and a half steals plus blocks. Huh. He's gone over that in eight of the last 13 games. So the last two rounds, uh, he's, he's playing a lot of minutes. He's going to play a lot of minutes here. He's plus 145 to do that. He's averaged 2.7 stocks during that stretch. I think probably I like the bet better in future games because if I'm leaning into my game seven thing, then it's not as great of a play here. Maybe the minutes get a little less in a blowout or just because they're tired or whatever. But I think you have plus one or 45, you know, Horford has been good. You know, we saw in game seven, he had a couple of key blocks there and he just is going to be a key defender in space there. So I like that one. Uh, the other one for me is Jordan Poole. We talked about Poole on the series preview. Poole has been great early in series and then faded hard late in the series. We don't know if he'll fade here, but Games one, two, and three so far in the playoffs, Poole is averaging 24 points per game. And there's some factors in there. Part of it is that he was big against Denver early when Steph was coming off the bench. But 24 points a game compared to 11.1 points a game from games four forward. And the other thing with Poole is he has been a real bellwether of did Golden State win tonight? Because Steph is going to get his and Clay is going to get his too. But if Jordan Poole goes off for 2025 on top of all that, the Warriors probably won. And Jordan Poole is really good in home games. And that's where the Warriors have been invincible too. So Jordan Poole, 20 points. I'm taking the alternate line, 20 points or more. In games one, two, and three, he has 19 or more points, all but one game so far in the playoffs, eight out of nine. 
So you can get that at plus 240 at FanDuel, 20 or more points. But because the whole point is that when pool goes off, the Warriors win or vice versa, I'm playing the win also. So just money line, not cover. Jordan pool, 20 points in a win is plus 377. And he has done that so far in seven out of nine games early in the series. So I think that's my favorite prop for game one. I think that one a lot. Yeah, that sounds right. Like they're, if they're caught off guard. If we, if we, I mean, a lot of this is correlational, right? And like, if you, if yeah. one thing goes sideways, it all goes sideways. But if like if the Celtics aren't caught off guard, then Jordan Poole doesn't go off. And if Jordan Poole doesn't go off, then the Warriors may not win. And like, it all kind of goes sideways. But uh, yeah. I, I do kind of think that the pool, I like the pool prop quite a bit. I'll probably play that one um, as well as the Warriors first half over. and the over on the first half. Yeah. That's yeah. the best bets possible. Um, I want to ask you if there's one point, who do you think is not going to have a good offensive series for the Boston Celtics? So when I look at it, I think Robert Williams is going to have a tough time. So I may look at unders, but I want to probably wait until after game one to see how that plays out. But that's my inclination is that one Williams is banged up Two, So it's hard to get a line on Two, uh, If there's going to be an adjustment, I think it's going to have to be Boston going smaller I kind of like like all Horford overs for the series, but then I also bet him for finals MVP. So it's like, obviously I like all those. Um, as far as unders, I may look at Grant Williams to see if we can get a number on Grant Williams unders just based off of, I, I do not think that he is good enough defensively to hang versus golden state. And I do think that they're going to look at like, there's two ways of looking at it. Oh, Grant Williams is like the Draymond of, of the, of the Celtics. Or you can look at it and go, yeah, uh, in that Grant Williams is like Draymond, but Draymond's way, 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 way better. And you should never like that matchup. Um, do you have any thoughts on either of those angles as far as, as a play, Joe? Um, I don't, I get what you're saying. I, I think that I, I would definitely want to see how they play Robert Williams. Uh, I, I think that the guy that might struggle in this series though, for Boston is it could be Jalen Brown just because of the way the Warriors can play defense. And I, I think that, you know, you, you, we, you talked about it a lot on last spot, but you know, just how he can't really dribble. And if he can't dribble and like, and actually make a problem of the pressure points, which is really Jordan Poole on the perimeter, I think that Brown might struggle here. So, you know, he, he can see, obviously he's a great shooter, but if the Warriors are able to lock down the three point line, which they they've been pretty successful doing, I think that's going to be a tough spot. I mean, like they just locked down the three point line against the Mavericks for the majority of the series and the Mavs were shooting like half over half their shots from three and they were only shooting about 33%. So I think that guys that specialize in three pointers. So like, you know, Brown's a great three point shooter. uh, And like you said, Grant Williams also can shoot threes. Those guys might struggle uh, against golden state here. I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you on the Horford stuff. Uh, I'm looking for Horford overs for the same reason. I I think Robert Williams and Kevon Looney, I think are a bit minimized in the series. I'm mm. not sure about Grant Williams yet, but we'll see with him. But I think you make it good. Like you're, you can be like Draymond Green, but being actual Draymond Green seems better. That seems like the thing to be. So Horford over rebounds, nine and a half is the line. He's gone over that eight out of the last 13, 10.2 rebounds a game. Over stocks, I mentioned, he's had at least three assists in I think all but one of these last 13 games. Yeah. So assists, rebounds, stocks, 
depending on where things go early, those are all kind of Horford angles. And then the other Boston angle that I'm looking for, but not playing yet, Jason Tatum's assist line is four and a half. That's too low. He's had at least four in all but one playoff game so far. But here's what I noticed. He's over four and a half assists in 11 out of 12 wins. He's under it in four out of six losses. And since I like Golden State to win here, this is not a spot for me to bet that. But I would love to see Jason Tatum go low on assists in a, in a Golden State win. And then he's, at, he's averaging 6.6 assists per game in the playoffs in wins. So I'm looking for that one later as I like Boston in the series. Yeah. So um, I got one more for you before we get out of here. Versus the Dallas Mavericks, I played early in the series consistently and throughout it, honestly. I played Andrew Wiggins overs. Okay. Andrew Wiggins... Points, rebounds, assists for game one, 24 and a half at minus 104. I've got a FanDuel. He had 27 in one of the games that he played versus the Celtics earlier this season. They were missing some guys, so that obviously factors in. If there is one player that benefits against the switching defense, it is Andrew Wiggins. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to lose a guy, you're going to lose whoever is screening for Curry on the back screen because you're both worried about trying to catch up to the shooter, whether it's stuff or clay or pool. You're both like, I want, like, I thought you were switching on him. And if you're going to make a mistake and you're unsure, you're always going to the shooter in that spot. You're going to, you're going to, and that means if you're switching everything, which we expect them to have to do, that means the underneath is open. If Robert, I'll say this, if Robert Williams plays, like there's a correlational here of Robert Williams overs, Andrew Wiggins unders. Andrew Wiggins overs Robert Williams unders because that means that Williams is not there to play drop defense. The back line is exposed and Wiggins can get, get points. Also, I'm going to, this is a sneaky one. Jalen Brown is more of a defensive liability than people are kind of realizing. So everyone remembers Giannis posting him up, but it's Giannis. What are you going to do? It's Giannis, except that other guys have had success versus Giannis, especially on getting to his spots and Jalen wasn't able to. Jalen was the guy that Jimmy Butler cooked. Jalen was the guy that Tyler Hero cooked. Like, if there's a guy, it's honestly, it's Jalen if in the starting unit. And Jalen's also not, he will probably guard Clay a lot of the time. But I actually think Tatum will guard Clay a significant more of the time while smart guards Curry. And so Jalen then probably moves to Wiggins. In the three-guard lineups, he'll guard Poole. But I think there's actually a good chance for that. Like they will give Wiggins, they they genuinely like Wiggins enough to do this. They will give Wiggins like elbow post-ups versus Jalen Brown. And they're not low percentage opportunities given how Jalen has defended in these playoffs. I like the over for Andrew Wiggins points, rebounds, assists, 24 and a half. I don't mind that one. The the only hesitation I would say is... The, uh, the game the game he had the highest point total in the season, he had five threes. So I don't know that you want to read too much into that. But I agree. Like, I've been very impressed. Again, as a resident Wiggins hater, as a Timberwolves fan who has seen the whole thing, Wiggins has really punished. When, when they get the switch and he has, when he got Brunson or somebody switched onto him, the, you're right. The Golden State is like, hey, go get it, buddy. And he was punishing them over and over. So Boston doesn't have those mismatches as much. But I think your angle is good on Wiggins. And I think, too, he's been a monster on offensive glass so far yeah. in the playoffs. So I think that helps. You want the rebounds in there, too. 
Yeah, I was going to say I would probably lay off of the assists because the assist line, I think, is popping that up. Like his PR line, I think, is set at 22.5 versus PRA is at 24.5. And he's really not even getting two assists enough for you, it to be worth like adding that in there. Okay. Um, he's like only that. gotten he's only gotten two like assists or more in seven of 16 games. He's only gone over that in, he's only got three or more in three of 16 playoff games. So I think you're better off. If you're going to play it, play the points and the rebounds. My one concern is that he kept going over his like points total, but the margins were like thin. Um, Like it's like, like his, they moved him to 16 and a half. He's at 15 and a half. I think at FanDuel. Uh, right now in 16 and a half, like somewhere else, like it depends. We'll see how the market kind of settles, but like he's still only 50, 50% at the 16 and a half. So I'm a little like nervous against Boston's defense, which is great, like is really good. And if the, I think if they're going to play big and they play drop, then that's obviously not great for him. Yeah. So that's my, con- that's, that's kind of my concern with Wiggins. Um, because and then if Robert Williams is in, that's obviously going to hurt his rebounding chances yeah. too. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about it now. I'm hoping that because this line's adjusted over the course of the playoffs. Like I think this start, his line in the playoffs was start was opened at towards the beginning of the playoffs at like 13 and a half, 14 and a half. And now like it's gone up to 16 and a half and like he's hitting it still, but I'm just nervous about this matchup against Boston where I totally, I totally get what you're saying about he's the guy that you're going to miss, but he's still not going over this at like such a clip. Like in the whole playoffs, he's got one game at 27 and another at 20, and everything else is underneath that. So like even if he clears the 16 and a half or whatever, like you're not going to get a ton more points than you need to cover this prop, I feel. So I think the margins are thin, uh, but it, it makes me a little nervous here. Uh, counterpoint, you bet consistently on Scotty Barnes' assist versus a, with a terrible Raptors offense and on threes with Scotty Barnes being a terrible three-point shooter. So I don't want to hear it from no. you, Joe Dolera. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's going to wrap it up for the game one. Buckets, thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you guys have enjoyed your holiday. We'll be back all this week. I've got guests lined up. More coming for you. We're going to have an Action Network podcast. We're going to have all these types of things. Lots to get to as we continue our track towards game one of the NBA Finals on Thursday. Make sure to check out the Action Network app. You can follow and track both Joe and Brandon's bets. For Joe Delera and Brandon Anderson, my name's Matt Moore. Let's get buckets.